Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi everyone, happy Sunday. Today's episode is titled The ABCs of Grad School. I'm going to be going over some terms that you may want to know and understand that are relevant to graduate school. And this is part one. Um, I, I'm not sure how many parts it's going to take, but there are several terms that I'm going to review. So there will at least be a part two to this episode. Since there are a lot of terms, I'm just going to go ahead and get started. And it's called ABCs because I am going to go in alphabetical order. And uh, and we'll just, let's just do it. The first term is ABD. So sometimes you may have a TA or you may know a grad student. <clears throat> and they say, oh, you know, I'm your instructor for the class or I'm your TA for the class and I'm ABD. What does that mean? ABD stands for all but dissertation. That means that this graduate student has completed all of the requirements uh, to earn their PhD in their field, except for completing the dissertation. This means they've completed their coursework, all of the classes required. They've taken their comprehensive exams. They may have completed a language requirement. Anything else as a requirement before they write the dissertation, they've done it. So they are ABD, all but dissertation. And um, some uh, doctoral students also refer, well, actually, in this case, if they're ABD, they are also a doctoral candidate. That means um, that they, it's the same, it's essentially the same thing. And in some programs, they actually provide candidacy degrees. You actually get a certificate showing that you earn this degree of doctoral candidacy. Um, which again means you've completed everything except for the dissertation. All right, the next word is abstract. A lot of you likely already know what an abstract means, but some of you may be brand new to the idea of grad school or even research. If you're a freshman and you're very new to campus, new to the institution of higher ed, maybe you've never heard the word abstract before. And so an abstract is a self-contained, a short, strong statement that describes a larger research project. Usually it's about one paragraph, it can be two paragraphs, and it describes the scope, the purpose of the project, the results, conclusions, and it describes what your topic is, how you're researching it, and um, you know, is there an argument or a finding from the project. Um, and then usually what people do with abstracts is You can refer to abstracts when you're looking for academic articles to try to see if it's a good fit for something that you want to read. So a lot of times abstracts are so self-contained that they allow us to kind of do a shortcut of like figuring out whether or not we want to continue reading the, the work further. All right, next term, another one for, for those of you that are new to academia, academic year. A lot of times they'll say, la da da da, we're doing this during this academic year versus, say, calendar year. So, academic year means anything that's happening during 
the two semesters or three quarters um, plus the summer for that university. And so they'll say like, oh, yeah, we're providing you funding for this academic year. Um, that means that you're getting funding fall, winter, spring or fall and spring. And if someone says, oh, we're, you know, we're just doing that for this calendar year, like we have a grant where I work where we only provide funding during the calendar year. That means it's January to December. That's the calendar year. We don't provide funding after that time. We have to renew our funding um, at the end of the calendar year. So just FYI, academic year versus calendar year, they're not the same thing. All right. Next word is advisor. And this refers to the primary person, advisor, faculty mentor, often assigned to a graduate student in any given program. Uh, this is the primary faculty contact for questions regarding the completion of the PhD. So um, every graduate student has an advisor. They also have a committee, and that committee is composed of other professors, um, anywhere from three to five people that are part of the committee that includes the advisor. And sometimes people have co-advisors. That means they have two people who are the chairs of their dissertation. They're the two people that they go to for support and for primary kind of guidance. All right, the next one is an application fee. That's the next term. Very straightforward. It's just to remind you that if you choose to apply to graduate school, there are fees involved. You want to plan for that. It's, you know, at least $100 per institution. And that is in addition to paying to send GRE scores and paying to send your transcripts. So please plan for that. I know it's really hard if you're low income to even like think of the idea of like saving up for applying to grad school, which is why I encourage you to apply to programs like Mellon Mays or McNair that provide fee waivers for this. It makes a huge difference. You know, it'll go from a student only applying to three to four schools because that's all they can afford versus applying to eight to 12 schools because that's the realistic uh, number of schools that they could potentially apply for without having to worry about money. <clears throat> all right, the next term is assistant professor and also after that, associate professor. So you will see when you go to college that all of your professors have a different title. Some of them are assistants, some are associates, some are full professors. There are even, there's a title called emeriti professor. What, are this, what does this mean? Oh, and there's also adjunct professors. Um, so I should add that one to the list too. So an assistant professor is someone who is junior faculty. They're in the early stages of their career and they have not yet gained tenure. A lot of times they're fresh out of grad school too. An associate professor, however, is someone who has achieved tenure, um, but has not yet earned the rank or title of full professor. So kind of like mid-career professors. And then um, adjunct professors are professors who are employed on a contingent basis. So they may only be employed for one quarter or one semester at a time. Um, they don't uh, necessarily have security of employment. Um, in some cases, some adjunct professors are able to become lecturers with security of employment. And if that's the case, then that's a separate title. They're a lecturer. They've got security of employment. They are working full-time. They're guaranteed a full year of work and um, benefits. But adjunct professors, unfortunately, 
oftentimes don't have benefits, oftentimes don't know if they're going to be employed the following term, um, which is very hard. And the university relies a lot on adjunct professors uh, to get the work done. Um, it's unfortunate, but that's just a matter of fact of, of how things are in academia at this point. So that's assistant, associate, and adjunct professors. So when you're thinking about who you want to work with, if you're doing research, you're trying to find someone who is assistant, associate, or full professor because they are there full time, because it does guarantee you that um, they're going to stay after a year. All right, next word. So I don't have any B words. If you can think of B words in academia, feel free to share with me, but I'm jumping to the letter C. Colloquium is the next word. You'll hear this all the time. In fact, I know I mention it in passing as if everybody knows what I'm talking about, and I forget that sometimes that's a new word for students. But colloquium is essentially just an academic gathering on a topic, and it usually consists of a lecture by a scholar with... Um, uh, discussion afterwards. And so, you know, we often have colloquiums um, in departments, you know, to share the recent research that folks are working on. All right, next C word is committee. Uh, just like I mentioned earlier, when you work on a dissertation in graduate school, you will have a group of three or more professors of your choice who supervise your work for um, your exams for your MA research and your PhD dissertation. And this, uh, co this committee includes one person who is your dissertation chair, your advisor. All right, so that's, in, in other words, like you can have an advisor who is also your committee chair. That's like two kind of interchangeable words, advisor, chair. And that's the main person that you go to in graduate school who's like, heading your dissertation committee. All right, next term is comprehensive exams or comps. So some folks will say, la da da, this quarter I'm taking my comps. That means they're taking exams where they're getting tested on their knowledge of one or more subfields for their discipline. Um, some are more intense than others and a lot of them vary in terms of how um, of what's required to complete the exams. Uh, I know in my program, for instance, we had written exams. Uh, so we had to write three essays on three different areas of expertise. And then we had to write a prospectus, which is a summary of a very long summary of your dissertation, a, a 25 to 30 page summary of what your di dissertation is gonna be on. And then we had an oral exam where we defended our written exams and we defended our prospectus. It was a, a a time for us to justify our work, and uh, we did that in front of our committee. Okay, so those are your comps. Next is CV, and again, this is another term that I know I use a lot. I'll mention, la -da -da, you can add this to your CV or resume, and I haven't stopped to say, hold up, hold up, CV refers to curriculum vita, which is an academic resume, um, that includes your ed education, publications, fellowship awards, teaching experience, service, and more. Um, it can be in as long as you want. It doesn't have the same type of restrictions that resumes have. Resumes tend to be one to two pages. CVs can be, I've seen 50-page CVs. I mean, for folks who are emeriti professors who have retired, 
who continue to be active in their work it easily have 50 plus page CVs. All right, next word is, now we're going into Ds, defense. What is a defense? When grad students say, oh yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to graduate, I just need to work on my defense. What does that mean? That is a formal meeting between you and your committee in which you're required to defend a completed research project resulting in awarding you with the either MA or the PhD. Um, and a lot of times it's you're giving a public presentation either just to your committee or to the whole community. You know, sometimes folks are additional people are invited and you're essentially presenting on your dissertation to a crowd. <clears throat> All right, I've been using this word a lot. The next word is dissertation. I'm using it without um, introducing it and telling you what it is. In short, the dissertation is a very long written piece of original research required to complete a PhD. The number of pages ranges. Um, it can be as short as, I don't know, 80, 90 pages, as long as 500 pages. It depends on your discipline. Mine was closer to 250 pages. Um, just depends on, again, like I said, your discipline. Next word is diversity statement. And this is actually often an optional component of a grad school application where you're required to write about any obstacles that you've had to overcome to complete your academic goals, any life experiences that you've had that contributes to diversity, um, research interests uh, that affect underserved areas or um, folks and your intent to use your graduate degree to serve disadvantaged groups. So that's a diversity statement. It's becoming more and more common to write one. And a lot of times you're required to write one um, to qualify for certain diversity fellowships. All right. Doctoral degree, P slash PhD is the next word. That's a degree that goes beyond a master's with an emphasis on developing, creating new knowledge and providing new theoretical perspectives. Um, the doctorate, the PhD, you know, a lot of times people have this assumption that you have to get a master's to get a PhD. That's not necessarily true. Some programs allow you to apply right out of undergrad to PhD programs with or without getting a master's along the way. In fact, in my case, I um, got my I got into my PhD program right out of undergrad, and my PhD granting inst uh, institution and, and program did not provide masters, and so I literally just went got my candidacy degree and my PhD, and I don't have a master's degree to this day, just a PhD. Um, so that's just a myth that you have to get a master's to get a PhD. That's not always true. All right, now we're going to go to E. Um, and the for that letter, the first one is EDD, and that is a doctorate of education. So PhD stands for Doctorate of Philosophy, EDD, Doctorate of Education. There are also PsyDs, Doctorate of Psychology, MDs, the medical degree, um, Doctorate of Medicine, and um, JDs, Juris Doctorate. So that's for law school. So just know there's a lot of doctorate programs. 
And I usually recommend PhDs because that's where my expertise lies. And, you know, that's what I got is a PhD. All right, next E-word is extramural funding. Extramural, you'll hear, you'll hear that term a lot in um, academic spaces. So that refers to funding for a graduate degree that's awarded by agencies that are outside of the university, that are not affiliated with particular universities. <coughs> Excuse me. That includes um, places like the National Science Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the uh, Jacob Javits Fellowship, etc. So they typically cover tuition and fees and provide stipends. All right, now I'm going to go to F and let's see. I'm going to go on this C. Let's see. I'll go on up to the letter I, and I think that's where I'm going to take a break, end the episode, and we can continue J through Z in the next episode. So that way this is not too long for us. <coughs> Especially because now I'm getting a bit of a cough attack. All right, so F. Fees. What are fees? These are charges that cover costs not associated with a student's course load. <coughs> Ooh, I think I'm going to have to take a little bit of a break and I'll be back because this lingering cough is not going away. So give me a second and I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. Thank you for bearing with me. I've got a cough drop in my mouth, drank some water. I think we're good, so I'm going to keep going. So I was referring to fees last time, and these are costs. Um, it's charges that are related to costs not associated with a student's course load. So this includes things like athletic activities, clubs, special events. Believe it or not, you're paying for them as a student. <clears throat> so those are fees. Along with fees come fee waivers and fee waiver requests. So again, applying to college, applying to grad school, it's expensive. And you can request a fee waiver so that you don't have to pay for the admission. You don't have to pay for any entrance exam or registration fees. So if you're a low-income student, be mindful of that and ask around. Anytime there's a fee, ask if there's a fee waiver for that. <clears throat> Next word is fellowship, and that's another word that I use a lot in passing without ever defining it for you. I just make this assumption that you know what I mean. A fellowship is actually a financial award for graduate school and also can be for undergrad too, but in graduate school it typically covers tuition and fees, it provides a stipend, it can range, it can be often as much as $30,000 a year for one to five years. Some fellowships have work requirements. And for instance, they may require you to TA or to be a research assistant uh, for one or more years during the tenure of the award. Fellowships are often awarded centrally through graduate division. So find out where the graduate division is for your institution to find out about their central fellowships. And so they're usually through graduate division, and they're provided to a student after they're admitted to that department. 
Next word is financial aid. And a lot of us have heard this, but just to make sure you know. And that refers to money available from various sources to help a student pay for college. So unlike in undergrad where you have financial aid, you'll get a financial aid package and it may include loans or not. In graduate school, you'll get a funding package that doesn't necessarily rely on financial aid. Because if you apply for FAFSA, um, this is a really good idea to apply for FAFSA the same year that you're applying to graduate school. So you continue to do that. Because then what it does, it it allows the, the department that you're applying to for graduate school to know that you have financial need and to know your income status. So it's helpful in that way, but you're not going to get much, if any, funding for FAFSA. You'll get loans for graduate school, but I am not a fan of advocating for loans. So therefore, go ahead, apply for FAFSA for graduate school, but don't expect to be getting any kind of financial aid in the way that you did in undergrad. All right, financial need is the next word. And financial need is equal to the cost of education uh, minus the expected financial contribution. What does that mean? That means that you're estimating how much it's going to cost for you to attend college uh, along with your basic living expenses. And then you're going to minus that, uh, minus or um, reduce whatever you think your family is expected to pay And that depends on your family's income and that determines your financial need. So if you, if the cost of um, going to school is high and maybe your parents don't make as much money, your financial need is going to be higher and hopefully you'll get more financial aid because of that. All right, next word is full professor. So again, earlier I mentioned adjunct professor, assistant professor, associate professor, But then there are some folks who just put professor in their signature or full professor in their signature. Those are folks who definitely have tenure, have met the requirements for teaching, research, and service for an extended period of time, and they have risen up the ranks to gain that title. So they're pretty accomplished in their field, and um, they've been around for a while oftentimes. All right. Next word, we're going into G's now, is graduate school. Mm, yes, graduate school. What is graduate school? I'm talking about this. This is a whole podcast on graduate school, and I haven't defined it. It is post-undergraduate education that leads to either a master's or a doctorate degree. Ideally for me, a PhD. That's graduate school. So anything that goes beyond undergrad. <clears throat> All right. And also anything that goes beyond undergrad that's specifically for master's or a doctoral degree, because there a lot of times students think that graduate school includes uh, an MD, a JD, an MBA. Those are more professional type programs. And I don't refer to those programs when I'm talking about graduate school. Next word is grant. Similar to a fellowship, it's a sum of money that's provided to you. But in this case, it's for the purpose of paying part of the cost of college, and a grant doesn't have to be repaid. So grants are usually not huge, um, 
Well, sometimes they are, but it's more often they're, they're smaller quantities of funding that you get to pay for college or grad school. All right, next one is GRE. I've already had an episode on the GRE exam and scores, but I didn't really actually tell you what the GRE is. Maybe I did. I don't remember. Okay, the GRE is the graduate record exam. Similar to the SAT, when you need to take the SAT uh, or ACT to get to college, or at least that's what that was the case for me, it is a standardized test. It's required for admission to most graduate programs. Not all programs are requiring it. And honestly, I have my, I have my own thoughts about the GRE. I'm not a huge fan of it. It is a very classist exam in the sense that you need to have access to resources, to test prep, to courses, to learn the strategy to do well. And so thankfully, fewer and fewer universities are requiring it now. But there are still a good number of programs that need you to have a score. And so those scores um, have been used as a determinant for some programs for admission or for financial support. So some programs still do look at the score and require a minimum score for you to get into their program. And depending on how high you score, may uh, that may make you eligible for certain financial sources or certain fellowships. So just a thought. <clears throat> I don't love the GRE, but thankfully, fewer universities and programs are requiring it. Similar to the GRE, so there's a general record exam. There's also a general record exam subject test. Ah, this is so frustrating to me. <clears throat> this is a test that is required also for admission to graduate programs in specific fields. So there may be a subject test in psychology or chemistry or literature or math or physics. And if you know you're going to go to graduate school in those fields, you have to take the general GRE and the subject test GRE. <clears throat> Now we're getting to the eyes, and I'm getting closer to wrapping up. The next turn is, I guess it starts with an I, but it's two words, in absentia. What does that mean, in absentia? This is an official leave of absence from a department or a university, and it's for a temporary period of time. There's the assumption that you're going to come back. Sometimes people leave um, <clears throat> for personal reasons, sometimes due to medical concerns, but the hope is for you to return and complete your degree. Next I word is incoming student. That means you are a student who has been admitted to a college or university, but you haven't yet attended. All my McNair scholars who are getting interviews and acceptances to grad school right now, they are incoming students. So they're going to these visitation days as incoming students. And they're excited because they might go here for grad school. <clears throat> All right, the last word for today is interest. And I'm not referring to research interest. I'm referring to financial interest. It's the money, or it refers to the amount that your money earns when it is kept in the savings instrument. Why am I mentioning interest? Because <clears throat> you'll, well, in, in some ways, it's very important for you to start to learn about financial literacy now because 
I don't want you to be stuck in the shoes that a lot of us are stuck in, especially a lot of us like older millennials who didn't know any better, who are also first gen, aka someone like me who was in her 30s and now stuck um, being broke. <laughs> no longer poor, but broke. I have a decent job. I've got a family. I've got a partner. And yet we are drowning in uh, student debt uh, and other uh, things, but especially it's the student debt that is holding us back from from really um, trying to plan for financial independence long term. And then I know that's what a lot of us want. You know, we want to go to college, get a good career, help our families, and so that's just one term interest. You know, you wanna you wanna make sure that your money is working, that it's not just sitting in an account not making any money. Um, and so check out, I am not a financial expert, obviously, <laughs> but you should definitely check out any other podcasts that are um, trying to teach you about financial literacy. I know I listen to some of them. And if you want recommendations, I'll gladly send them to you if you email me. So that is the last word I'm going to focus on for today is through I. And then next Sunday, I'm going to focus on J through Z. And hopefully that will help you feel at least a little bit more comfortable using this, you know, academic university jargon. So when people say, la, da, 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 I'm ABD and I finally got my candidacy degree and I'm about to work on my defense. Uh, and my um, advisor is an associate professor and trying to go up for full. You're going to know exactly what they're talking about. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, I will see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else where you tune in. You can also contact me with your questions and episode topics by sending me a voice message on Anchor, sending me a message via my website at yvettemartinezvu.com, or emailing me at yvettemtz3 at gmail.com. Until next time.